0: Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth attorney brought you here, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview, you know what to do. Just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. It's time. Give yourself the gift of truth. And tonight we go behind the green mask and the United Nations Agenda 21 with our special guest, Rosa Corey. Right now, on Veritas. Activist, speaker, and blogger, Rosa Corey is a forensic real estate appraiser specializing in eminent domain valuation. Her research into a Fight against redevelopment led her to UN Agenda twenty one. I was the genesis to co found the Santa Rosa Neighborhood Coalition, Democrats Against UN Agenda twenty one, and the Post Sustainability Institute. She has been speaking and in inspiring groups nationally to take action, and she's the author of Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda twenty one. And directly from somewhere in Mexico, I'm privileged to welcome Rosa. Corey, hello rosa and welcome to veritas so
1: glad to be with you thank you
0: oh it's my pleasure and rosa i told you that i've been wanted to discuss agenda 20 of 21 for some time and i wanted you to be the one because so far you are the one who has convinced me the most of what's coming our way first of all for those who don't know who you are just give beyond what i read give us a little bit more of a background and how you got to, to find out what Agenda 21 was all about.
1: Well, my situation is that uh, for 30 years, I was an expert witness and, uh, in land use and land valuation for the California Department of Transportation. I was a district branch chief there and uh, testified in court on, uh, on land situations. So I needed to understand how land could be used, and of course that was my job. So, about, uh, let's see, around 2002, I began to see a change in land use in the San Francisco Bay Area, where people who had um, expectations of what their property could be used for based on their zoning were being turned away from the planning departments and told that they could not use their property as it was zoned. And at the same time, I was elected to an oversight committee for a redevelopment project, a huge project 10,000 acres in my city. And um, as I began to research that, I found that not only was it fraudulent, based on fraudulent information, but it seemed to be tied into everything that I had been discovering regarding land use and planning. So um, in the process, I did sue to stop this huge project. And while doing the research into uh, the lawsuit and the process, that we went through to to stop this project, um, I found United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development was the background and the source for everything that I had been seeing over the past ten years.
0: And what was the the impression of the local, you know, politicians when you found out and you brought it to their attention?
1: Well. No, I, you know, as I look back on it now, I'm not surprised, but at the time, because I was myself, um, uh, you know, a kind of a government official, I thought that I would be welcomed Mm -hmm. when I, you know, when I showed these, um, uh, you know, either planning department people or elected officials that the plan that they were proposing had serious flaws. Um, instead, uh, they, they actually turned on me and, um, and attacked me personally um, including uh articles in the newspaper about me that were uh that were not true, you know, lies about me personally in my neighborhood. And these uh these smears, you know, made me uh really take a look at who it was who was focusing in on me. And I saw that not only were these people um in positions to gain from this enormous redevelopment project, but they were also tied in beyond that in a larger scheme uh whether it was through financial political or um uh some kind of social environmental uh means they were being directed to um to actually push this plan on the citizens without them being aware of the 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 implementation the impl- implications for it uh, in their town and so i was you know basically an enemy and, uh, and was really surprised to see that. I hadn't expected it.
0: In a nutshell, the plan calls for governments to take control of all land use and not leave any of the decision-making in the hands of private property owners. Is that, did I say that right?
1: Well, that's, yes, that's a quote from my, from my book. Right. And, uh, Agenda 21, Sustainable Development, is um, it's actually the blueprint. It's an action plan that was agreed to in 1992 by the United States and 178 other nations. And this is a plan that is really uh, fairly unknown in the United States and around the world. But uh, the plan is actually a plan to uh, inventory and control all resources and all human beings on the planet. And we're seeing that, of course, as the National Defense Authorization Act, as SMART Growth, as SMART Grid, Common Core. All of these are part of United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development.
0: I'm so glad you're mentioning Common Core because I I was gonna ask you throughout the interview if there was any correlation between education and the standardizing of education. So I'm glad you mentioned it, I'd like to discuss it later. But in 1992, I was sent, I used to be in the corporate world years ago, and I was sent during NAFTA to Mexico to more or less be an equalizer between US companies and Mexican companies there. Uh, In other words, they wanted to even the playing field. Is there a relationship between free trade agreements and Agenda 21?
1: Oh, absolutely. The Trans-Pacific Partnership, the uh, Transatlantic Trade Agreement, NAFTA, CAFTA, um, of course, the EU, the European Union, which started as the uh, Coal and Steel Agreement, I think it was in 1955 or 56. Trade is uh, a way of of implementing this plan, because what the plan is, what globalization really is, is the standardization of all systems. And in order to standardize systems, and that could be law enforcement, education, um, transportation, all systems, uh, are, in order to, uh, to globalize fully, they have to be brought into harmonization with one another. That's a legal term having to do with the way that laws and, um, and agreements are formed. So in order to control, you have to have everything standardized, and that's what we're seeing now, for instance, with Common Core or with um, uh, the International Building Codes, for instance. Um, and part of that is because this is a corporate plan. This is a global totalitarian corporatocracy that is being erected now. So yes, um, NAFTA, CAFTA, uh, TPP, transatlantic trade agreement. These are all implementation methods for creating this plan worldwide. This is a global plan. And although you won't very seldom see the term agenda 21, um, It is, in fact, Agenda 21 worldwide, and Agenda 21 is the uh, term used by the United Nations. It's the agenda for the 21st century, as they call it.
0: And TPP will require its own full radio program in the near in the near future. If you think NAFTA was bad and some of the others are bad, this is even worse. And I've heard that a lot of the officials met behind closed doors. Not even the media was allowed to go in there. Can you talk about TPP for a moment, if you if you are versed about it?
1: Yeah, Trans-Pacific Partnership is um, is a plan that is. Um, You know, it's a, it's a secretive plan. It's, it's being, you know, it's sort of being worked on for the last, it's been being worked on for the last decade, more or less. Uh, it's the United States and 11 Pacific Rim nations. Um, and it corresponds to the transatlantic trade agreement, which is, uh, with Europe and the United States. Um, these plans are all basically the same plan. They're designed to transcend international uh, excuse me. Transcend national law with international agreements, and uh, the fast track that um, the Obama administration is uh, is seeking would actually give the president even more power than the president has now um, to uh, to make agreements. Excuse me. Without going to Congress, so. This is something that we really want to block. The uh, fast track needs to be blocked, but the trans-pacific, uh, the uh, transatlantic trade agreement and the uh, TPP, um, along with, of course, the, um, let me see if I can remember what the, uh, the one between U.S. and Mexico, besides NAFTA, it's the, it was the Security and uh, Prosperity right. Partnership, wasn't that, between yep. Canada, U.S., and Mexico. These plans are all, you know, this is just uh, what we're seeing because we happen to be, if we are, in the United States or in the in the West – But these plans are all over the world and they're all designed to globalize. And, uh, as the big new Brzezinski said, um, I think he said this in 1995. He, you'll recall he was the, um, national security advisor to, uh, President Carter, among other things. He, um, he said, you know, you can't have full globalization in one step. You have the interim is regionalization. And that's what we're experiencing now regionalization. That's what these trade agreements are really about, is about establishing regions. And so we'll have regions within our national borders, and then national borders will be breached with international agreements that are as initially trade agreements like the coal and steel agreement was in the EU, which is the European Union. Now it's, I think, 28 countries Um, that have basically given their sovereignty over to the uh, European Commission. You know, when we
0: look at the United States, we think of its middle class, or what it used to be, the middle class, which seems to be less and less more prevalent today. This seems to be a way to lower the standard of living of Americans, because it seems to be the last bastion, if you compare it to other countries. Is this just plainly? a redistribution of wealth in order to go from regionalizing to more of a worldwide equalization of the world, mixing, let's say, communist China, the former Soviet Union, and Nazi Germany with its police state?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, easy way to think about this, a good way to think about it, <clears throat> so that it doesn't, um, you know, one of the things that's very Uh, that sort of appeals to the press when they're trying to slime and malign people like me, um, is they, you know, they'll just say that we're fear mongering. Um, I just want to address that by saying that, uh, before Snowden, uh, you might have said that people were just paranoid thinking about, um, you know, that they're, that they're spying upon. Yeah, that their information might be, might be tracked or that domestic surveillance was a reality or something like that. Well, now it's after Snowden. Post Snowden, you'd be a fool to acknowledge, to, to not acknowledge that. Um, I, th- I would say that the lid is being held on, uh, the issue of United Nations Agenda 21 sustainable development. Um, so that people will, um, you know, have some doubt in their mind as to whether or not this is actually happening. But the idea that, um, this is a global blueprint it's being implemented locally um and that people around the world are being impacted by it is is very real and um in uh, you know ask me again what it was that you were directly questioning me on uh, just a moment ago
0: no basically saying that this this seems to be a combination of communist china
1: The Mm, former Soviet
0: Union and Nazi Germany.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, community is what this is, is communitarianism. And uh, in the United States, we, of course, we have a constitution that guarantees us our individual rights. And those are our rights to, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, et cetera. And all the, uh, the, our, our rights under the uh, bill of rights as well. but, under the uh, communi- under communitarian law, basically the individual um, is sort of superseded by the amorphous and ever-changing rights of the so-called community. And in this case, we're talking about the global community. But um, you could be talking about your if you're talking if you're in your town, of course, you're talking about your town community. And so that that is you know an, it's not anything delineated. It can change at any time. This is where the United States, uh, you know, Constitution protects our individual rights. It doesn't. It doesn't grant them. It guarantees our protection. And uh, with communist China, uh, Soviet Union, and Nazi Germany, what you had was uh, communitarian w- rule, which was it's all for the common good, and uh, the individual is selfish. The individual is always outweighed by the rights of the greater community. And since those rights are, you know, not written anywhere and not defined by anyone except for who it, whoever it is who's ruling you, then um, the individual always loses. So this is the concern here is that, um, and, you know, we can bring it right down into everyone's town. Um, the plan is created to be a global plan but implemented locally. So when you see it locally, it's not called Agenda 21. You'll see it as a land use plan in your town. Uh, as a restrictive plan, determining uh, what can happen in your town physically. And this is a way to uh, restrict your rights, both your rights to movement, your rights to free speech, and your right to live and work where you wish, as well as your right to use your land, water, and, uh, you know, and any other resources, your mineral rights, etc.
0: Where is this hydra? Because I think it's going to become another hydra pretty soon. Where is it deriving its power from obviously has to be money. Is it coming a lot from property taxes?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the way, uh, let let me just uh, take this back a step and let's just, you know, to kind of talk about how, uh, you know, what happened after the United Nations meeting in 1992. um, The Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro, where the U.S. and 178 other nations agreed to this plan. It's an actual plan, by the way. It's a 300, 400-page plan. Um, what happened at that time was that, and you'll see this if you go to Wikipedia or, you know, other websites uh, to, to check out United Nations Agenda 21, you'll see that it's a non-binding voluntary plan. And that is true uh and you'll you'll hear from you know the press that uh you know the UN has no power over the United States et cetera. the fact is that after the the uh, agreement was was agreed to it's not a treaty it was an agreement after it was agreed to by the United States the following year it was agreed to by George H W Bush and the following year Clinton took office and 6 months later on the anniversary of the agreement In, uh, you know, in Jan, in June of 1992. So in June of 1993, President Clinton created the President's Council on Sustainable Development. And that council was basically tasked with implementing Agenda 21 in the United States. And it's exactly what it did because on the council was, um, this was a conglomeration of, um, cabinet, Ministers cabinet officials. So it was 10 cabinet level secretaries from the federal government Along with environmental groups like the Sierra Club and the Natural Resources Defense uh, Council and then along with them many uh, Corporations like Enron for instance, Henley was on the President's Council on Sustainable Development and uh, and other um, you know, other corporations. So like Dow Chemical and, you know, uh, the oil companies were on there. So this is what happened is that it put together a, a group of people who could implement Agenda 21 in the United States. And that was their plan was was implemented in the U.S. It's a top down plan, but it masquerades as uh, a local plan. So when you see it in your town, it's directly influenced by this international plan. And what they did was they, they gave a um, multi-million dollar grant.
2: Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008.